Hello and welcome back to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. This is I Love Basketball. I'm your host, Sabrina Merchant, joined as always by Raj Jabalu. We just finished watching the Philadelphia-Toronto game, waited until overtime ended to record this. Thank goodness there was no devil overtime to prevent us from recording even later. But Raj, I mean, obviously that was a great game, but how are you enjoying the playoffs so far? It's been really fun. Uh, the biggest thing that strikes out to me is we are we were nowhere close to any of these teams. So no. like, <laughs> remember last week when we talked about the playing teams, we're like, yeah. we could have done this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we are we are nowhere near these teams. It's been cool to watch real basketball, watch mm-hmm. players and teams and coaches all down, like care about every possession. Coaches uh, having chess matches back and forth. Been really fun seeing teams that are you know built. Uh, with a roster that can sustain a uh, good play for more than 20 minutes at a time. So 20 minutes, seem like 20 minutes of real time or game time. <laughs> either or, either <laughs> or, but it's been really fun. A lot of, a lot of strange series that are one, one already. Um, and a lot of, you know, game threes that are going to be vital uh, that are coming up here, but it's been fun. We've got real basketball. Yeah. So I had um, an eye procedure on Thursday, so I have not watched a second of the playoffs since Thursday. I have listened to a ton of it on the radio. This is how I have consumed the playoffs for the last six days. So starting with the final playing games. So like Atlanta, um, Cleveland and New Orleans Slippers, and then everything since then I have only listened to, I have not watched a single bit. The only video I saw was Devin Booker dapping up the baby. (laughs) That's all I've like visually witnessed of the playoffs. I don't know how often you listen to radio broadcasts, Raj. I feel like it's really like not a thing people do anymore. It's so weird. It is the strangest way to consume basketball because, you know, I kind of feel like most local announcers, like there's, there's a certain level of homerism that exists with local announcers. And we watch enough league pass, like, you know, there's certain broadcasts that you're a little more likely to turn it, tune into versus some others, just based on how likely they're to go for their, you know, home team. The level of homerism on these radio broadcasts <laughs> is unbelievable. <laughs> I don't know if it's because like you can't see their face. So they're just operating mm. from this cloak of anonymity or if it's just a lot of the time, the radio person is just a one man crew and they're just talking the whole time. And there's only so many ways to entertain themselves. And so yeah. they just go really, really hard for the home team, but unbelievable how much these t- radio guys cape for their home teams. It's it's astounding. And there is nothing a radio broadcaster hates more than just a random role player on the other team. Like the level of offense they take yeah. that like someone who is not a star, like the way that the Toronto guys were going off about George Niang in game one and two talking about how like Niang wouldn't be able to stay in front of them if he was guarding them. Yeah. It's, it's offensive. Like the way they talk about it, they just hate opposing random role players so much like the Atlanta guy was saying like oh you know when Caleb Martin starts hitting threes like mm-hmm. what is Atlanta supposed to do and just like that <laughs> they take so much umbrage at these guys because you can't say anything about like Jim Butler going off or Joel Embiid going right. off or you know whatever but it's it's so weird you know consuming these games through radio like I can't explain like I feel like my my experience of you know having Right. Absorbed the playoffs over the last week is entirely different than any other year because one, like while you're listening to the radio, I'm not on Twitter because I'm not like reading that much. So yeah. am I really participating in the playoffs if I'm not on Twitter? Like I don't even know. <laughs> and also because I feel like my broadcast is always a little bit behind. So I don't want to be on Twitter, you know, and then 
just know what's going to happen ahead of time. So I've been staying off. So I, it's just me on my headphones, listening to these games on my league pass app. And I, I, I don't even know if like, I'm what, like I'm, you know, involved experiencing the same games as everyone else. Like the takeaways that I have are so different than what I think I would have had I been watching these games on TV. Like I heard Gus Johnson's back. That's amazing. I would love to hear Gus Johnson calling games. Instead, I get these golden state guys who are like reenacting scenes from Deadwood in the fourth quarter of a Warriors Nuggets game because they have lost interest in the game altogether. Like they just have taken pity on the Nuggets for this demolishing they have subjected them to. Like, well, they're not wrong there on the on the the radio the is weird. It's really weird. Um, well, well, credit we both- to the the Philly guy who I was listening to today. You know, during this Raptors um, game, because like oh, and also credit to like the the Nets guy I was listening to during game one of the Boston Nets game, because like he was so excited for every big play that like, I legitimately couldn't tell that Tatum hit the layup to win because I was like, Oh, he's so excited. The Nets must've won, but no, he was just that excited because he's like, like Billy play happened. Yeah. And then today, like uh, every time, you know, Gary Trent hit a three or Van Bleed hit a three or like, you know, the Raptors had a big shot. It was like the same level of enthusiasm from the, the Sixers guys. So those are my plugs. If you happen to have to listen to any game on League Pass Audio, I recommend the Celtics radio. I'm sorry, the Nets radio guy and the Sixers yeah. radio guy. Those are the ones I would tune into. Don't know how much longer we'll have the Nets guy available, but the Sixers <laughs> probably advancing to round two. <laughs> well, well, we both grew up like in the LA area. So when the Lakers were winning their, I think, 2009, 2010 title, mm-hmm. they had Spiro Didis right on the radio. Yes. And so and he was Tremendous. incredible. Yeah. And a guy I wish that we kept. So I used to watch the game and then ESPN would, uh, I believe, yeah, it was ESPN would replay the game on radio. Mm-hmm. And I'd go back and listen to the radio just to listen to him recall the game. Because so that's, that's how good he was. And so it's interesting. Yeah. I don't think basketball is a sport you're supposed to consume on radio. I think they call baseball like a radio sport, right? Where you can kind of. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I feel like I'm definitely missing a lot of things, like for sure. <laughs> but I have to take care of my eyes at some point. Uh, this was just the very best date that could work because the WNBA draft just passed and I wanted to yeah. get it done before the start of the WNBA season. Unfortunately, that means that I missed my favorite weekend of the year at the start of the NBA playoffs, but hey, you know. Well, you know what they say, a, a series doesn't start till like we get a road win, right? So you kind of only miss like half because we only got like yeah. a few road wins. So you haven't missed that much basketball as, as they say with the series starting on the road. And we have a lot of fun road road games coming up. Yeah, so... You and I, as part of the, you know, great Lakers SBN experience have both mm-hmm. adopted teams to follow during the playoffs um, because obviously the Lakers are not participating. Um, you were given a team that proceeded to not make the playoffs. So you just, you know, I, I know on behalf of Raj, thank you to the Pelicans for beating the Clippers to save him from the embarrassment of having to follow the Clippers through this Um Pelican Suns, low-key, quite a fun series. Uh, I had a great time listening to that game last night. (laughs) Uh, No, sometimes you can get a sense of it. Like when Ingram comes around a screen and there's, you know, nobody there to guard the jumper. Like I can visualize the drop coverage in my head. I get that. Um, It was easiest for me during the Clippers-Pelicans playing game just because I know how the Clippers play so well that I literally felt I was in the building during that radio call. Um, it's been harder for teams that I don't watch as regularly. So like, yeah, like I, I could literally like visualize the spacing on the floor when like the Clippers went five out and I could see how it was working. I can't really see that for like Bucks Bulls. I got to tell you, <laughs> like it's much harder. 
I'm very excited for when I stop getting headaches watching television. So, um, I, although I did adopt the bucks, um, alas, I have not really done my duty of, you know, watching them heavily. Like I listened to the fourth quarter of game one and I was astounded that it was so close and that Mike Budenholzer took Giannis out with 90 seconds. Oh, left it was in the incredible. What are you saving him for? <laughs> What are you saving? Like, I thought we had this breakthrough last year, you know, where Bud finally figured out, okay, we can play Giannis 40 minutes in the playoffs. Like that's a right. thing we can do. We can play him 40 minutes in a game. Um, we can, you know, mix up our defensive coverages. That's also a thing we can do. <laughs> like we can use Giannis as a play finisher instead of a play creator all of the time. Another thing we can do. I, I just feel like those lessons have been forgotten or maybe it was just this perfect storm of events where like, oh, Middleton is hitting every jump shot. Holiday yeah. stopped turning the ball over. You know, these things all happened at the same time. And now I'm like, so full disclosure, did not pay attention to the first half of Bucks Bulls a bit because I was, you know, Philly, yeah. catching the end of Philly, Toronto. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking at the box score at halftime. Drew Holiday had, I think, six turnovers. Sorry, five turnovers. <laughs> uh, and I remember a lot of bad process Drew Holiday in the playoffs before like, you know, all of the nets broke down and they got past that series. Right. Like I, I get that the bulls have some perimeter defense. Like Alex Caruso started today. Um, he is playing point guard. He has six assists. I am like a gape that Alex Caruso has six assists in a playoff game. I freaking love Alex Caruso. I'm not saying he doesn't have that capability, but like him learning how to run pick and rolls AD against Portland was like a monumental achievement. The fact that he had six assists at the half of a playoff game unbelievable and that he probably goaded drew holiday into at least three of those five turnovers like that's oh he's been so you haven't you haven't been able to see but <laughs> when you're able to see yeah. go back i know they 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 lost this game but game one mm-hmm. bulls bucks at the end of that game and it was closer than it needed to be milwaukee kind of you know they started messing around with the basketball mm-hmm. alex caruso has like i'm not kidding sabrina like seven straight possessions of just like insane impact on the game and uh, you weren't reading Twitter, I'm guessing at all, because the Twitter's Bucks like, announcer could not believe how well he was defending Giannis. He could not believe it. But it wasn't like, just, just coming yeah, so, in for help, you know? Right. And he'd like strip Giannis, go yeah. the other way, hit a corner three, come back, body up Middleton, cause Middleton to turn over, go on the other end and like cut to the rim for a huge layup. And then on the other end, like defend Drew Holiday, come back the other way and make a big play. And all Twitter's like, oh, my God, Alex Caruso and you getting the video video montage. So that's one I'd recommend to go watch. But they're up 14. And like, I don't know, I wasn't as interested in this series. I thought Milwaukee would have it pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, DeRozan came out with that quote. I don't know if you got to see it uh, or hear it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> or, or he said, um, I'm not going to shoot. I think he shot like six for 25 or something mm-hmm. in game one. And he came out. Oh, with- DeRozan's a classic, terrible game one playoff performer. <laughs> habitually every year game one of the series DeRozan is one of the worst players you will ever witness playing basketball like that is not surprising to me that he would submit a stinker in game one yeah and then he came out and said I'm not shooting six for 25 again which I'm sure mm-hmm. won't be used at him again uh sure. in future re- <laughs> reference um, but uh, yeah and he hey, took he's some seven terrible. for 13 right now it's pretty good yeah no and, and they're pretty much similar shots to me I watched DeRozan shoot I'm like you've missed your last 10 like why shoot that one again? Yeah. And uh, Zach Levine doesn't get involved as much. But I think, you know, Milwaukee's a team that we've known over the years. Like, I feel like on the radio, at least with them, you can kind of picture, like, you have enough games of reference to kind they're of see They're not doing them. anything, like, tremendously Special. creative. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just all no. standing in the same spots. I can figure it out. 
Right, exactly. Um, so let me when ask you this: attempt to, re- to describe the Warriors' offense, that's when I lose oh. track. Like just oh, the number that's... of screens and off-ball things happening. Like I had to stop listening to Warriors one because the games were not close, and two, just I didn't feel like I was enjoying, you know, the what was happening. <laughs> I just I didn't did, think I could appreciate it. Did you hear the scuffle on the bench through the radio? Like, did you hear the Demarcus Cousins and the yeah, Will yeah. Barton scuffle? <laughs> scuffle the only on the one radio. that I really felt like I could enjoy was when Jordan Poole like got the ball and just like shuffled back for a corner three. Uh, uh, and it felt very like Steph like um it yeah. was yes it's uh it's sad that somehow they just created a semi Steph um right next to <laughs> Clay so, Thompson so and Steph Curry. <laughs> it is so unfair. We were having THT or Jordan Poole conversations like at least a year eh, a year ago, a year mm-hmm. and a half ago. Like those were legit conversations. Um those two have gone in opposite ways in terms of their play style, but it's crazy watching Jordan Poole, you know, just turn into a star. I think he had 30 points in 30 and 29, I think, in, in two games. Uh, he's been insane. Just, he's, he's been incredible. The Warriors announcers were, you know, I'm sure they were being homers, but I don't think you could have, you know, exaggerated uh, the, the amount of dominance that the Warriors were. When you have a five-man lineup that I believe has an offensive rating north of 200, you just throw all the jokes you want. Like, literally, it is better to concede a dunk then allow an offensive rating over 200. <laughs> like that's, that's how good things are flowing for the Warriors against Nuggets. Um, I'm sorry. I interrupted you when you were asking me a question. What did you want to ask? Oh, I uh, totally forgot what I was, oh, okay. was going to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the Bucks, um, I am, uh, I'm going to, you know, withhold some concern because I don't think they're really in danger of losing this series to the Bulls. Uh, I would have you know, more hope if Lonzo were healthy for the bulls, but the process is not inspiring just from what I've, you know, gathered thus far. Um, they will face an outstanding opponent in round two. If they get there, uh, Boston sounds yeah. really good. Brooklyn, if they get there, will have figured a lot out. So if they get to round two of the bucks, will face an outstanding opponent. They will have to get their stuff together by then. Um, Unfortunately, the Bulls are not the opponent to bring that out of them this early. But like Mm-mm. the Bulls, I want to say were like they had one win against a Over team that was teams. in the top six in both conferences. Like it was right. a very uninspiring record against good teams. Denver Loki had a really bad record against winning teams, too. But they were very much a take care of business kind of team. You know, pad your schedule against the losing teams and then just show up against the good teams. And like right. the fact that they, you know, got a couple wins against the Lakers and Clippers early in the season when it looked like those two would be good teams, you know, just engenders you some goodwill for the rest of the year. I don't think the Bulls are a good team, but I also kind of like Billy Donovan as a playoff coach. I thought he was underrated sometimes in OKC just for the work that he did there um, with the, you know, the Russ only teams. He didn't have a ton of options, but like, right. you know, I thought that last KD year, he did some good stuff there. Um, I don't. I don't know that I have more faith in him than I do Mike Budenholzer as a playoff coach. Like that seems like a bridge too far to take, but I will say, uh, as you know, the bucks supporter on this current podcast. Yes. They're your team. Mm -hmm. Um, I I have no regrets, but like, ugh, I can't believe I hitched my wagon to my foot. (laughs) Well, I think Giannis is good enough to where, like, I don't think you have to worry, um, until, you know, maybe stop taking him out with 90 seconds left in the game. (laughs) So they, they beat Chicago. They play 
um, the winner of uh, Boston, Brooklyn, Boston, Brooklyn. Okay, Mm -hmm. so that I think is the Eastern Conference final to me, like those whoever, you know, in Philly looks good. Miami looks good. You know, I like a lot of those teams. I do too. I just, I think Boston sadly is just playing at a whole other level. I think that's a just hell of a series. And we saw that one today too. Boston, you know, Brooklyn, Boston actually being the first team, I think in forever to shut down Kevin Durant, like in a legit way where it's not Katie just. I'm in this like NBA playoffs fantasy thing where like basically uh, you pick players for like points, rebounds, okay. threes each round, but you can't mm-hmm. repeat any players. Okay. So the tricky part is like you got to pick players you don't think are going to get past the first round, right? Sure. I took KD for points. I thought this was a gimme. I thought this was a freaking oh, gimme. No. <laughs> what is happening? Yeah, so this is one you definitely need to watch. I don't yeah. think the radio can depict it. Boston, again, I hate giving Boston praise on the Lakers. Mm-hmm. I love basketball podcasts. Sure, like how, sure. how dare we? Um, but they're just long at every position. Like they're mm-hmm. huge. The Nets are a, you know, isolation mismatch hunting team. Like that's how they attack just regularly. Who are you hunting in that lineup? It's, you know, so like, so like Katie will have Tatum on him, on him, ask for a screen. And then it's like Jalen Brown. Like, what did you gain not great. from that? <laughs> yeah. And then they're like helping. And then Mark, and then you have Marcus Smart, who's a defense player of the year on the side. Oh, mm-hmm. Horford, Grant Williams. They just come off the bench with uh huge wings. Kate, I think Tatum blocked. Even Derek White shot. is a nice length off the bench too. Like he's not Derek a guy White. who's going to get you know just overwhelmed physically. Yeah, and again, when you can see Tatum had like two blocks on KD, where like I think the only guy I've seen get close to that was like Brandon Ingram when it was like his his right. rookie or second yeah, year. Yeah, you get up for those games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Tatum had like two clean ones. I'm not talking like finger gets on the ball. I'm talking about like taking the ball the other way on a KD pull up yeah. jump shot. I heard it. Um, I need to see it though. Yeah. Oh, you did hear it. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. You go, go watch that. It's absolutely absurd to watch. Um, KD a little in his head. Like that's not, obviously two time MVP. You're not going to get all the way in there, but like, he's kind of thinking about his next move um, and they're doubling and trapping him. And then Kyrie on the other side is up and down. Right. I think he had a huge game one mm-hmm. struggled game two. I just think that's the Kyrie experience. That's a crazy I mean, that's series. Happens when you have to play every game. <laughs> There's some good ones. There's some bad ones. I want to put it out there. I have zero sympathy for Kyrie Irving getting into shape at this point of the season. Okay. Zero sympathy. Yeah. Um, but that's a fun series going back to Brooklyn. So the playoffs are playoffs are fun, but yeah, I think that's the, that's the Eastern conference finals to me. The, the next round that Boston, uh, uh, Boston against who did we just say? Um, Milwaukee, Milwaukee. Yeah. Boston, Milwaukee. I think that's the conference finals. Yeah. Well, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk about the team that you've adapted for this playoffs. All right. So Raj, um, blessedly, you did not get the Clippers in our postseason no. exercise. Uh, I thought you would just take the Pelicans. Honestly, uh, the Pelicans have been fun. Um, Brandon Ingram looks, sounds incredible. <laughs> <Let's see. laughs> um, I feel very justified in my pick last week when I said that he was the Laker who I missed the most. Um, just, you know, the star potential and first opportunity in the postseason looks, you know, just he's doing everything we thought he could. Larry Nance doing so such good. great things in the postseason. Alex Caruso doing such great things in the postseason. I'm sure Lonzo would be doing great things if he were available. But you know who's not doing great things in the postseason, Raj? It's uh, Avita Zubac. So That's <laughs> I think we can get fair. over that one. <laughs> hey, look, I, I love Zub. I love Zub. I think the fact that the Clippers had a top 10 regular season defense is a huge testament to what Zub provides. I also think that in the playoffs, he is tremendously easy to scheme against. And we have seen that several times. 
that the Clippers cannot score with him on the court. Um, and is the defense enough <clears throat> to deal with that? But again, we're not supposed to be talking about the Clippers. They didn't make the playoffs. The team that you did end up with, Dallas Mavericks, how are they doing? Well, just last thing on Zoo, I think, you know, that's not really fair when, you know, there's a guy <laughs> making $44 million. I, I think Gobert makes $44 million or, some, or getting that much. Sure. Who can also be schemed out, right? So they also... He's not. He like, still plays. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can't take him off the floor, but similar situation. Can you imagine how bad it would be if they took Gobert off the court? Like, <laughs> then you want no one how, playing defense? Just how no terrible defense. it is to just experience the Jazz right now. So I, I would, I was on the Utah broadcast for game one. Okay. Okay. They were saying some wildly offensive things about Reggie Miller. I was not happy with it, but I kept listening because just the tension, you could feel it. Like the minute Dallas starts making this run in the fourth quarter, they're yeah. just like, Oh God. And it's not even like they're describing the atmosphere. <clears throat> Literally the two of them are just in a very, Oh God situation. Um, I went with Dallas in game two just because I wanted to like switch it up and the- <laughs> Their glee at Utah just screwing things up left and right was so funny. But yeah, uh, I don't think it's fair to compare Rudy and Zoo, but I also think that like stylistically, sorry, nobody, Utah fans. Donovan Mitchell took 28 more shots than Rudy Gobert in game one. I'm not talking about Donovan Mitchell taking 28 shots. He took 28 more shots than Rudy Gobert in game one. Can you not throw the guy a lob like ever? Ever. He has a nine seven standing reach. How are they never throwing him lobs? Is Dallas doing something to prevent this? Like, what am I missing, Raj? They don't look at him, Serena. Like Quinn Snyder came out with the comments that, like, uh, how dare you question the friendship of Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert? I thought that gave more validity to it, to be honest to me. Like him actually coming out and saying they have dinner sometimes, and I'm sure he was just, you know, joking about it. But to me, like, I went to, you know, game six last year, Utah Clippers. It feels like deja vu watching that on TV. It's the exact same situation. Mm -hmm. They get a switch. Gobert, you know, flashes to the post. They ignore him. So he doesn't want three seconds. He doesn't want three seconds. So he goes away, you know, kind of pouts, but tries not to show it. Watches Donovan Mitchell, you know, Bogdanovich, Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson. Name your guard wing. Take a contested pull-up jump shot. And it just continues to happen. So I went with Dallas knowing, I think Luca was already, you know, I think he Rolled already out. got hurt. Yeah. And I still picked Dallas uh, <laughs> before, uh, obviously when I was, when I was given the Clippers, I chose Dallas as my second team, even knowing mm-hmm. that Luca wouldn't play because this is the exact same formula every single round. I have no clue how good Dallas actually is. I don't think they're that good without Luca, but just stylistically, the Lakers I mean, beat them without Luca. Let's put bring that, out that there. up. Stanley Johnson gave them nightmares, Sabrina. Like, <laughs> like the, the Stanley small... Johnson also gave Utah nightmares. So what are we talking about? <laughs> that, that's that, that's fair. That's what I mean. They gave. Well, I'm Utah sorry. The nightmares. Lakers also beat Utah twice. That... So... <laughs> what that's... a series! <laughs> that's that's what I bet. So yeah, Utah's just same in the form, same formula. And I want to ask you because I don't know what the solution is. Like mm-hmm. for Utah, so people are saying like, how can you you know keep getting beat by this? What are you going to do? So you have Donovan Mitchell, Jordan Clarkson, Mike Conley. All th- Mike Conley was, was a good defender, but he's like 34, 35 now. I don't know his exact yeah. age, but, but he's older and he's he not moving well. Ofer in game two. <laughs> yes, you heard it. Yeah, I heard it. <laughs> I pay yeah, attention was... to the radio. Okay? <laughs> so and radio uh, calls are very descriptive. They have to tell very, you everything that to. is happening. Like where the whether they're going from left to right or right to left from their like visual. Like that's the level of detail we get. 
I, I love it. Yeah. So yeah, Mike Conley's been slow. Donovan Mitchell obviously is just, you know, has been awful defensively. I give him, you know, some credit on that because he has such a load offensively, but you know, neither here and there. Bogdanovich as well, not the best kind. Of, he's probably a good defender, but he gets picked on as well. And they just put Cleveland in the corner and tell Gobert, like, either come over and help or you're going to give up wide open threes. And they're just continuing to do that. Jalen Brunson dropped 40 on them and he had a good game against <laughs> us too, but 40 points. Um, Joined like gained... the most illustrious list of Dallas Mavericks to score 40 points in a playoff game. It's, it's an incredible list. <laughs> I think he's I think he's great. I think he's going to get paid too. But do you see a solution for Utah here, Sabrina? Like you can't pull Gobert and you can't switch everything because Utah's not good enough. Like Jordan Mm -hmm. Clark. And that's just not how they play all year. They force you to the rim. Right. Like that's what they do. They, you know, try to get you to go to the basket to attack Gobert. And that works against like 80 percent of regular season teams. You get here now and you have a Dallas team with enough shooting. Oh, my God. Luca would have done unspeakable things to this Utah team. I would have loved to see it, but uh, yeah. Do you, do you see a solution for Utah here? Cause I don't really know what it is. Like what, where can you go? You can't pull Gobert because like there's, that's like, just not how this are you that works. worried about them taking pull up threes to the point where you still have to keep switching. Like it's not the pull up threes. I guess it's they're getting, getting, cause like they're getting to the paint regardless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like you kind of just have to keep Rudy in the drop. Like if they're getting to the paint, like there has to be just some level of protection there. Right. Right. But I mean, they're, they don't involve Rudy directly in the play. So Rudy's like guarding. A What's corner. crazy is like them hunting is like not yeah. even hunting. It's just, Oh, this is the guy who's guarding me. I can yeah. get past him. Yes, <laughs> like, it, yes like, exactly. Bring me Donovan. It's like, no, Donovan, Jordan, Mike, like whoever. <laughs> yes. That's the problem. That's the problem. Yeah. Rudy can't, what is Rudy supposed to do? Like he's just saying, and you combine that with Rudy getting absolutely no touches unless it's the offensive rebound. Oh my like God. he's engaged, but like, you know, you're they as everyone says, you have to feed your big man, keep him happy. They do not feed Rudy Gobert at, at all. They do not give him a touch um, unless it's offensive rebound. So I don't know what Utah does here. And losing to a Luca less Dallas Maverick. Quinn's team. out. Quinn's out. They're trading Donovan to the Knicks for spare parts. Like, okay. Um, I mean, I think they just should at this point. <laughs> like, it's not fun there. Uh, what's What's weird to me about the series so far is that mm-hmm. Utah Clippers, Utah couldn't stop the Clippers, but the Clippers couldn't stop Utah either. Sure. Um, like Donovan kind of on one leg. Conley doesn't even play until game six. Utah is still scoring at a very high rate. Like you look at the scores from that game, those games, you know, when the Clippers go five out, like it's just a bunch of teams hitting threes back and forth on each other. Like everyone yeah. is getting every shot they want. And, you know, you go on a little bit of run and that's like where the margins come from. The fact that they can't score on Dallas is really surprising to me because this was the best offense in the NBA, like by a bullet, like it was a really good offense, wasn't it? Um, yeah. And like, I, I understand like the, like the concept isn't that like, you know, um, creative, you know, like we were talking about earlier, but like they drive, they kick, they swing, like they get some threes, it works. And that they can't beat Dallas's switching is very surprising to me. Right. No, it, it's been awful. It's been one-on-one. And last year, I think we saw some of it, but this year you can, I don't know. So like, I, we're not in Utah's locker rooms, but like, I feel like the body language, the, the way they talk to each other, just kind of, oh my God, they must spread. hate each other. They must absolutely <laughs> hate each other. They either hate each other or they are like the quietest best friends we've ever seen in <laughs> our lives. Like 
There's absolutely no communication. Which uh, locker room do you think is more awkward? This one or when Daniel House got kicked out of the bubble in that Houston locker room? Ooh, I think, you know, it's I been think in some weird one, situations, <laughs> some weird situations. <laughs> yes, I still think this one's probably weirder because they probably know if they lose this series, like it's it's over. They're getting broken up. Oh, you were listening on the radio. So on TNT, they had a they had a what is that called when TNT does the audio listens to the coach or you can kind of hear Mike. Like they mic'd up. up. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they had like Quinn Snyder and Donovan, you know, talking. Quinn's like, you gave him the ball, like, you know, you know, try to give him the ball a little more like, you know, to and it's, I'm just like listening to that. I'm like, man, it's like game 300 between these like, three, <laughs> you know, like between these. <laughs> between these three you know um oh guys uh, on the floor so just weird to watch i mean you talked about donovan taking 28 more shots gobert had one shot in game one i think or game two whichever one it's, one shot i I, it's just, I just couldn't believe it like 28 more shots <laughs> i heard this ad and i was just like that's not right <laughs> 28 more shots yeah um do you give do you give Don, do you give Donovan a pass though because of no like, for I give his Donovan defense? no passes um, no for the load he carries on offense for no, that team none you because okay they could run some beautiful stuff on offense and it doesn't have to be Donovan ISOs all the time like they could run some pick and rolls <laughs> like they do they he just doesn't give Gobert the ball Boyan you know does some things Mike Conley can play point guard you know I like Boyan a lot I, it's his game sounds aesthetically pleasing <laughs> I am enjoying listening to Boyan Bogdanovich play basketball. <laughs> I also watch, I love watching Boyan play, but um, him and the other Bogdanovich in Atlanta too, great games to watch. Great games. Mm-hmm. Just really enjoyable to watch. I, I really thought Bogdan was going to get something going against the Heat the other day, but then Jimmy just went like 2020 bubble. He, yeah. Um, but no, I, I give Donovan no passes. I mean, like <laughs> if you were maybe scoring efficiently, I would give you a pass, but you're not. Like I saw him put more effort with like the, the sprained ankle last year than he is this year on defense. Yeah. Like that's, that's upsetting that I understand Jalen Brunson is a good player. He was played off the court in the Clippers series last year when Dallas played them. And like, yeah, the mm-hmm. Clippers are a better team than the Utah jazz are, but played off the floor to drop in 41 on your ass. Like that should not be happening with no. one calendar yeah. year. <laughs> Right. I guess my only counter is like Jalen Brunson didn't just cook Donovan Mitchell. Like he cooked everyone, the whole, the whole team. Yeah. Like even Royce O'Neal is too slow. And to me, like if Royce O'Neal is your best defender, like I think you have an issue. So that's like, yeah, yeah. like it's a roster construction thing for sure. Yeah. But like, I mean, I, I could feel it just listening. I'm sure you could see it watching. Like they have zero desire to play together with each other. Oh, none. They hate each other. It's a clock in nine to five job. Yeah. Like it's on, in a playoff series. Eat at the same lunch table. Was that what Quinn said? <laughs> exactly. Yes. I don't think Quinn has ever made a joke. I don't think that's the thing that's happened. Um, I, I don't think he's seen sunlight in at least four he's weeks. He's a terrifying individual. Oh my God. I fear for the Lakers beat reporters if that actually comes to pass. But yeah. No, I, I think Dallas was a great pick because I really do believe they're going to advance to the second round. Um, if this booker injury is anything like maybe yeah. they could even have some fun with the suns you know obviously they have to get past the pelicans first still putting my money on the suns but um yeah they, they, there's a there's a lot of i like i don't see any completely dominant teams other than the warriors god damn the Warriors! 
I remember Aaron saying on our Slack, like, it was like six months ago, like, oh, the Warriors are going to win the title. Like, yeah. it's not even going to be close. And I was like, nah, I can't go through this again. I just can't do it. I am preternaturally, like, just biased against Northern California teams. They had their run. They made five finals. They won three titles. Like, can we stop already? It's the same goddamn team. <laughs> I am tired of it. Yeah, like, I watched this and I'm like, I'm watching comparing us to like Dallas and like mm-hmm. Denver. I'm like, but that's not the bar. Like no. the bar, ne- like the bar needs to be the Warriors and like, you know, the Bucks. And we are just like, you know, scraping to get to the top. So I watched that Warrior team. My goodness, if if that's real, it's we're in some trouble. I'm also kind of like happy, you know. I think playing Steph Curry in a series might age me a couple of years. Like I feel like oh, that yeah. would be absolutely <laughs> just the play-in was enough. <laughs> Oh yeah, the plan was enough. I can't imagine seven games of having to. It wouldn't you know, be watch... seven, Raj. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Did I round up? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Six to seven. Yeah. I, that, I, I think, think Memphis and Minnesota are interesting matchups for Golden State because of their their athleticism, their physicality. Yeah. Like Memphis played Golden State well this year. If they managed to get past the Wolves, and if the Wolves managed to get past them, I do think that's an interesting matchup as well. But like. Like, I don't even think the Suns really stand a chance against the Warriors. And the Suns are a buzzsaw. Like, they are so clinical in their execution. As long as Scott Foster is not refing, they win all the time. (laughs) All the time. Okay, just brief sidebar. At what point does the NBA say, like, okay, we we just have to stop assigning this guy to Chris Paul? Like, at what point? I don't don't like Chris Paul. I, I think I've made it very clear on multiple occasions my genuine distaste for Chris Paul. I felt bad for him yesterday <laughs> that the NBA would do this to him again. <laughs> I I don't like that ref stat. Cause like I watched the game and nowhere did I think like, Oh, Scott Foster was screwing the Suns. It's just at the end, you get the stat. I don't like, care oh. if it's not causation 14 games in a row is a strong enough correlation that I would be like, nah, maybe I should do something about this. Like maybe Scott said something just horrific about Chris Paul's family. And it just gets in his head whenever he sees him or like, you know, I I don't know, like didn't CP three say that like Scott Foster brought up the number ones, like when he roughed a playoff (laughs) game, like I don't, did the NBA do an investigation to that? (laughs) Probably not. No. (laughs) Yeah. This is the lone opportunity that I will ever express sympathy and genuine emotion towards Chris Paul. So don't like look forward to it. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, (laughs) I felt bad for him. I think, that that should stop happening. But like, yeah, back to the point, the Warriors, I think are just too good, even for that Suns team. So, um, you know, maybe Boston, I can, if it was Warriors, Boston, God, just kill me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the Warriors are just insane. And again, like looking towards next year, that's the, that should be bar, our mark. Yeah. Like, like, can we sign players that can play in that series? Mm-hmm. Can go bear play in a warrior series? Let's say Utah plays the Warriors. Can he play in a Warriors series? I like, think, I'm watching the Warriors. I think Gobert can play in a Warriors series, but okay. I don't think anybody else on Utah can play in a Warriors series. Like, I'm watching them move the ball screen, and, like, you stop Steph, and then you somehow have to stop Jordan Poole second, and then Clay's just open in corners uh, because you have no choice. And, you know, I know people say play off Draymond, but that's not really how it works. You can't play off Draymond because he just dribble hands off and yeah, it's a wide open shot for I was for listening Steph, to Zach Lowe today and he was describing a sequence where like uh, Steph comes mm-hmm. off double pick, right? And Clay is setting one of the screens. And so you have to put a body on him so that he doesn't pop open for a jumper. And then 
Looney is setting the other screen. So Jokic comes off of him to get to Steph, but then Looney's open. So he's able to find pool in the corner and it's just a wide open three. And it's like, like my mind is do? melding, just listening to this being described. <laughs> you could have, Zach Lowe could have said Kevin Durant comes off a right wing. I'd be like, oh yeah, that makes, that makes total sense. <laughs> Like they have, they have Kevin Durant too. Why not? Um, yeah. That's what it looks like. Yeah, we'll see. Um, so okay, so you think that the Eastern Conference is going to come down to Boston, Milwaukee, probably in the second round. Yeah. Um, the West. You think that, like, Golden State has a a real contender here? Like, is there a challenger to Golden State, or like, do you think it's going to come down to Golden State Phoenix, or where, where are we landing here? Yeah, I definitely think it's Golden State Phoenix. That's okay. my that's my two. I put a lot of stock into teams that can dominate a regular season. Um, I know the I Suns. I love a good team that can dominate a regular season. Yeah, <laughs> the Suns obviously lost that game too. I just think you know I think the Pelicans pre- present some challenges. I think Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum hit a bunch of tough shots. Like I'm mm-hmm. not really sure. Maybe that's what they do for the next four games, and then you're screwed. No, but... just the opportunity to go small too with Nance and like a little Trey Murphy at the four is is really interesting. And it's uh, did they get Larry point? Nance too? Like, that's not cool. Well, they didn't, we just, didn't like, even wasn't using him. They were we using him as like a, them Larry a small Nance, forward. Sabrina. It was so weird. He wasn't in the AD trade. He can't well, they, be on New Orleans Josh too. Hart for him. So yeah, it's, you know, one like for like. That's fair. That's fair. Um, Josh Hart yeah. used to play power forward for us. So really like for like. <laughs> yeah. But this Pelican seems not an eight seed. I think we discussed this when we were talking about the playing games. Like they mm-hmm. probably a four or five if like. Because uh, if they started one and twelve, they must have went like a crazy. I think I saw one. that like post CJ trade, they're about seventh in net rating. Okay, yeah, so that's kind of where I'd see. So it's not a normal one eight to me. I think they're a little yeah. bit better than that. You take Which out Devin Booker. Yeah. Interesting about the plan because they finished what six games behind the Clippers in the standings, and right, like should they have been given an opportunity to even be in the playoffs, given that they were six games behind them in the standings? I don't know. I like it. I think it's far more interesting to have a team that's playing well get to go right. to the playoffs than one that started the season well but is no longer playing well like i'm glad that cleveland's gone you know sorry I, the cavaliers are fun but like uh mm-hmm. i think it's more interesting that a team that's finding itself now as opposed to later gets to play when they're at their best but yeah, yeah. i i could see any of the top four honestly winning the east right now um but mm-hmm. i'm very certain that golden state is going to win the west so. yeah uh, yeah uh, i think you know i just think denver's like i don't think denver is a legit team that could challenge them like the, you know what i mean team we could just stop there <laughs> i mean i think Jokic is you know he deserved you know the mvp and all that but you just watch him against golden state like it's not fair no, for him not. to do what he has to do right and uh, you have a slow fair. slow-footed big trying to come out on steph trying to close out hard head john screens like that's just not Jokic's game then you know jamal murray mpj next to him to compete offensively he got ejected in the last game uh, I think you heard that over the yeah. radio. So. I remember right after Denver made the Aaron Gordon trade and seeing them come to LA to play the Clippers and just smoking them an incredible team, an incredible team, because you have the offensive, just creativity between Jamal and Jokic, how they know exactly what the other one's going to do and they can score from yeah. anywhere on the court. And then you have that real athleticism that vertical threat with michael porter and aaron gordon that transition threat like the combination mm-hmm. of those two was so interesting um, i i but like obviously that team doesn't exist right now so <laughs> it's too bad but yeah um the bucks have uh pulled to within seven looks like they made a little run with alex caruso off the court <laughs> shocking <laughs> my guy has yeah. eight assists he's never gonna get a double double because how is he gonna get 10 points but 
<laughs> I love such Alex. an Alex Crusoe I love game. Him so much. Uh, yeah, man. I'm, plus I'm twelve. So plus mine is God. What a guy. What a guy. But yeah, once you can see, go look at that. Uh, he probably has another set of possessions, you know, tonight. That Tatum guarding KD his... or uh, Caruso guarding oh, Bucks. Yeah, <laughs> Caruso. Just make you know, me a just... list, Raj, and I'll get. <laughs> I got all you. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. Well, I was I was thinking about this watching the playoffs. I'm like, there's so many teams that are just have so much cohesion. Like, not only do we have to start from scratch this summer, we also have to match. Are you thinking about it as well? Like, I watch these teams. I'm like, the Suns have played a billion games together. Grizzlies, you know, are bringing back yep, cores. Yeah. Warriors, obviously, a decade of cores. Um, Dallas is starting to figure out um, their core around Luka. Um, obviously, Utah, I think, will be gone. But Denver as well, they'll have a core. Mm-hmm. You watching? You look in the East. Boston's been together. Milwaukee, um, Toronto, like all these teams have core, not just stars. We have LeBron like, and AD. That's it. Yeah, and you know their cohesion matters. It's, but it's I'm, not a bad place to start. But like. Right. I, I think what was someone saying that like, it's only been 18 months since Jimmy Butler was the best player on the court in the finals game. And like, he looked like it again in game two. And it's like, well, the fact that he was the best player on the court in the finals game is important because LeBron and AD were also on the court. And like, they were so right. good then. So it's only been 18 months, right. only right, been 18 right, right. months since that core. Um, I don't know. I know we're, we're obviously have a long way to go. And like, there are teams in the West that scare the bejesus out of me. But, like, yeah. Let's just let's just get back to the playoffs. Like I don't want to have to adopt a team again next year. Yeah, it's sad we're we're not here. Um, but but yeah, I, I watched these teams. I'm like, man, we are going to not only start from scratch, but we also have to catch up in in continuity. We started from like, scratch in 2022. That's 2020 as well is what I mean to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. I just like that's a uphill climb. Yeah, I think it uh, is absolutely. Um, but yeah, I'd rather be talking about those. You know coaching decisions that Quinn Snyder or Nick Nurse or oh no. I don't know Darvin Ham is making next year then <laughs> just pulling my hair at Bud taking Giannis out in the last two minutes of a game because I have bucks and four on a pick. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Um so yeah uh I, I'm thinking your team will probably be alive by the next time we record. I have a good feeling about yeah. the Mavericks my team will probably be alive by the next time I record, regardless of just how ridiculous this game is currently going. <laughs> so we picked well. That's good. Um, but anyway, anything you wanted to add, Raj? Uh, it's a fun playoffs. I, it's fun to watch real basketball. It's really and, fun. Uh, yeah. and we have not. So I thought we were watching semi-real basketball. I don't think we were watching real basketball past like January 31st. Yeah. yeah. Basically, once the Lakers stopped winning consecutive games, <laughs> that's it. Hey, but I thought about going, yeah, I thought about going back and watching some games. I'm like, I don't want to watch games where they quit. So I'm mm-hmm. like, where's the threshold? I'm thinking like Jan- Brooklyn of- in January. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Okay. I'll stop there then. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying watching. I'm enjoying listening. Hopefully we'll be transitioning to watching by the next time we record. <laughs> so it's been great. Um, thank you all for listening. We will be back next Wednesday to talk about more. Lakers, playoffs, all sorts of stuff on I Love Basketball. Make sure you're subscribed to the Silver Screen Roll podcast for Lakers and NBA talk every day of the week. Take care.